game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger talk. If you ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vassay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boys, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. Buy new roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk. David Vesey. What a game. What a series so far, New York, between the Dodgers and Mets. Tonight, New York takes it 2-1. to one. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Vassay with you until 8 o'clock tonight. We're going to take your phone calls at 866-987-2570 after Jacob deGrom and Tyler Anderson had quite a pitcher's duel. And basically, the only difference in the game was when Starling Marte hit his home run there was Brandon Nimmo at first base, but that's the way it goes. Let the leadoff hitter get on. It usually causes problems, and that's what happened in the bottom of the third inning for Tyler Anderson. Nimmo singled to lead off the inning, and Marte took advantage of a changeup that was in the big part of the plate for a two-run home run, his 16th of the season. Mookie Betts with his career-tying 32nd home run in the sixth inning off of Jacob deGrom. That was the only run the Dodgers scored off of DeGrom, and he was good tonight. I'm not going to say he overpowered the Dodgers. He was Jacob DeGrom. He was really good, and his slider was really good. But the Dodgers are a really good hitting team, and they got the barrel uh, on the ball a few different times in a few different innings. So if these two teams see each other again, I'm not going to say it's an automatic. Jacob DeGrom is going to go seven innings and shut the Dodgers down for one run. I thought the Dodgers uh, made Jacob DeGrom look human tonight despite only scoring a run, and Mookie Betts certainly one of the best in the business, a home run to cut the lead in half. And let's face it, if Brandon Nimmo doesn't make that amazing catch in the seventh inning, this is a tied game, and Tyler Anderson and Jacob DeGrom are not involved in the decision. And we may not even see Edwin Diaz in this game if Turner ties the game up at two. There's a pretty good chance if Turner ties the game up in the seventh inning, Jacob deGrom is coming out of the game because he was at, what, 93 pitches after seven innings tonight? If the game's tied, Buck probably lets him finish that inning, but, you know, it's a whole new ball game going to the bullpens in the 8th and ninth innings tonight. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Speaking of Brandon Nimmo, he spoke, he spoke to the media in New York, and thanks to SNY, we have the player of the game on the play of the game. I mean, I, I knew it was hit well um, off the bat, and so my concern was just getting back to the fence as quick as I could. Um but it was hit on a line, so I didn't have a chance to look back at the wall. And I just kind of had, fortunately from playing out there a lot now, uh, kind of had a feeling I was near the wall and I needed to go ahead and jump. And so uh, the timing was right on it, and everything worked out 
just perfectly and uh, jumped up, felt felt the ball hit my glove, and I knew I knew it didn't bounce out once it once it got in there, and so and then now all the emotion spilled out. So big moment in the game. I knew knew he hit the ball well, and and that uh, you know that could help us to win. So so I was pretty pretty happy about that. Hey, nothing wrong with that. It was a big game. The Mets want to prove that they belong on the same field with the Dodgers, and it was a game-saving catch, and he saved Jacob deGrom a win. He got Jacob deGrom a win. The Mets might go on to win this game, but deGrom is not going to be a factor as far as the decision goes if Nimmo doesn't make that catch because if you watch the replays, That ball was going over the fence. It wasn't going to hit the top of the fence. It was going over the fence. And Justin Turner robbed of a home run, and the Mets go on to beat the Dodgers 2-1. By the way, corrections and restrictions, there were two outs when Nimmo extended that inning with a single to allow Starling Marte to come up and hit a two-run home run off of Tyler Anderson. 866-987-2570. We have two lines open. We'll check in with Jose Moda in 20 minutes from now, live in New York City. Let's start in Culver City here in SoCal with our man Kevin. Kevin, you're on Dodger Talk. David, what is up, brother? I hope you're feeling better, man. You did go viral like you said you would. I don't know if I was predicting that, but thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, you got it, brother. I want to say one thing. Playoff baseball. This was playoff baseball. I'm saying what I know Dave Roberts telling those guys in that locker room. This is what the playoffs feel like, guys. This is playoff baseball. You can see the electricity. And um, I like what I saw of our guys. I like the home run from Mookie. Justin Turner does what he does. He's a professional clutch hitter. That should have been a home run nine times out of ten. And we got good at-bats against the Grom. So, you know, that's a toss-up in a playoff game. It's either a win or a loss. We could have won that game 2-1. to one. We could have lost it 2-1. We could have won. All I know is that we played really good, and we got to finish the job tomorrow. Let's see how we respond tomorrow. And this is what the playoffs are going to be. You're going to face guys like Max Fried, Jacob DeGrom, Adam Wainwright. This is what it's all about. So I like how our guys are responding. I think we're ready to go. I think we're ready to get these guys. What do you think, David? Hey, I'm with you, Kevin. The Dodgers have been there before. I know the Mets are the new darlings of baseball because they're on the East Coast and the New York media is out there and the national media is based out there. But the facts are the Dodgers top to bottom are the best team in baseball. And until the Mets can prove that they could beat the Dodgers four times in a best of seven series, uh, that still remains the Dodgers being the best. And look, the Dodgers and Mets are going to play One more game tomorrow, and uh, if the Dodgers can win it, uh, then then they may have a tiebreaker situation if they have the same record at the end of the year. But right now, the Dodgers have a 10-game lead on the Mets, so I don't see that being an issue. Thanks for the phone call, Kevin. Appreciate it. Let's go out to Sierra Madre. Josh, you're on Dodger Talk. How you doing, Josh? Hello, David. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Hope your injuries are healing. What a well-pitched ball game. That is, that's, I can say, one of the uh, best ball games I've seen pitching-wise. It kind of takes you back to the days when you saw pitching duels on a regular basis. Just, you know, can't complain about what Anderson did at all. Just one bad pitch to Marte. Otherwise, I thought he went toe-to-toe with DeGrom, and that's our projected fourth starter. So you can't, can't complain about that. If there is one thing that I could take from this game that might concern me, 
I had some flashbacks of Trey Turner's horrible postseason last year, and I know you know everyone wants the Dodgers to keep him, and I know he wants to you know secure the bag in this offseason. But the Dodgers need him to step up this October, and if he and I believe uh, this postseason will predicate on whether or not Turner returns to the Dodgers this offseason. If he has another poor uh, postseason, it's going to be hard to see him giving the money that he wants. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I really believe that his October performance is going to dictate, you know, several million dollars for him, whether it's from the Dodgers or another team. I really do. Thanks for the phone call. And we saw it again tonight, a really good pitcher throwing sliders going away from Trey Turner. And like we saw last October, he kept swinging at them. And he's 0 for his last eight now on this road trip. He has started every single game for the Dodgers this season. So wondering if it's not just the physical toll that's weighing on him, but now the exhaustion of the season and mentally after a long trip from Miami to New York as far as middle of the night goes usually it doesn't hit you until the second night but you know Trey Turner is a really good player he was the batting champion last year I'm not going to take anything away from him but you look back and you can't get around the fact that even in 2019 when the Nationals won the World Series it wasn't Trey Turner that was a big part of their offense it was Anthony Rendon it was Juan Soto, it was Howie Kendrick, it was Ryan Zimmerman, and traditionally Trey has not done well in October, and a lot of eyes are going to be on him this October to see how he performs. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. And another point about these two teams and the way they match up, you could go through every single statistic you want during the regular season, how these two teams match up. It means, I'm not going to say it means absolutely nothing, but it doesn't mean much of anything once you get into a seven-game series because, like I mentioned a few times, the Mets have what a lot of teams don't have. They have that triangle of pitching. They have two ace starters, and when I say ace, potential Hall of Famers, if DeGrom would have pitched more in his career, no doubt he was on his way to Cooperstown. They have DeGrom, they have Scherzer. And you saw tonight how good Edwin Diaz is. So in a seven-game series, they could use DeGrom and Scherzer twice, maybe one of those guys a third time, plus you have Edwin Diaz closing games for you. And I can guarantee you this, if it's a close game, it's not going to be a three-out save. Buck Showalter is going to push Edwin Diaz to a six-out save. And for the first time in Diaz's career earlier this year, he did close out a game for six outs. So that's the danger of facing the Mets. And also, as you saw in the first two games of the series, and if you recall back at Dodgers Stadium, they're a team that puts the ball in play. And that plays in October. If you're trying to slug in October, you're not going to score a lot of runs. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Mookie Betts was the only Dodger that got to Jacob DeGrom tonight. He hit his 32nd home run of the year, which ties a career high. The last time he hit 32 home runs, he won the MVP for the Red Sox in 2018, and Boston beat the Dodgers in the World Series. Um, you know, it's been all right. Um, just uh, trying to help this team, uh, to help us win. Um, you know, I know I hit a homer today, but... Uh, we lost, so it didn't really matter. Facing Jacob DeGrom, what was the biggest uh, challenge or takeaway that you guys have from what you saw from him today? Uh, 
I mean, I don't even know how to really answer it. I mean, you know, he's pretty much the best, you know, maybe the best to ever pitch. So um, he's uh, it's a tough t- uh Tough task, um, but uh, we did all right. Whoa, 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 Mookie, 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 pump the brakes. Fastball, is it sliders, it all of it? All of it. I mean, he, all of it, and he just kind of lives on the edge, too. And so uh, and then he you know, has 101. You know, it's kind of when he does leave it out over the plate, you swing and miss or you foul it off. So um, it's uh, very hard to hit off him. Years. Does it kind of help to get a look at him in case you guys see him see him again in October? I mean, yeah, it can't hurt, um, you know. But uh, times will be uh, different then, you know. Um, emotions and all those things kind of play a part in that. So uh, can't really simulate today um, versus uh, whenever whatever month that is, October, I guess. Does anyone compare to him, or you, you feel like he's the best that you've? Uh, I don't think anybody does. I think. Uh, the stats kind of say that as well. Uh, Mookie, come on, Mookie. Is this where you're trying to blow up his ego and then all of a sudden you're going to crush him in October? I mean, are you kidding me, Mookie Betts? Jacob deGrom is not the greatest ever. Jacob deGrom isn't even the greatest ever of your generation. Will you stop it, Mookie? I mean, it is so obvious what, I mean, I hope what he was trying to do. The rope-a-dope where he's telling this guy, man, you are so good. You are so awesome, but we're going to beat you. We're going to beat you in October. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say you're the best? I'm sorry. Two-run home run to beat you in October. Marcus Betts, please. I'm going to have to get on Mookie when I see him Friday. This is unbelievable. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Hey, by the way, Mookie, to be the greatest of all time, you actually have to pitch more than 14 times in a year. Let's go out to downtown. Farid, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. How you doing, Farid? David, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Thanks for the time. De nada. Excited? Uh, really, uh, you know, it, for me personally, these two games, it's been like the two teams spitting each other out. Um as a fan, I'm glad the series is now. I'm more excited for what the Dodger coaches and analytic team is going to gather from this series and preparing the team. If they do have to, uh, if they do see each other in October, again, you know, we don't know. you got to play the games to see what happens. But overall, um, great baseball. I don't think we're seeing both managers really manage hard, you know, keeping the cards close to chest. But overall, I think it's just great for the coaches and for the players to be able to just see these these pitchers, uh, these Mets pitchers. Yeah, I mean, whatever you want to say, I mean, that's fine for Reed. The Dodgers hadn't seen DeGrom since 2019, so I guess it was a good refresher course. But this DeGrom is obviously different than the 2019 version and certainly different than the 2015 version. Same pitches, but look, he's older and he's human. The Dodgers uh, show with the swings tonight, they can get to him. And by the way, Max Scherzer, yeah, Max Scherzer's the type of pitcher that will tap out on you in a playoff series like last year. Right, and, and again, and another thing is where we start September tomorrow. There's still five weeks of baseball left in regular season. And we'll see who's healthy and ready to go and who's rested. You know, you, you said it yourself, Jacob DeGrom, 14 games a season the last few years. 
Well, we'll see if he pitches in October. You know, as a baseball fan, you hope he does. You don't wish anyone any ill will. But, you know, we saw with Scherzer last year. So there's a ways to go. It was a nice refresher course. Would have been nice to win. Would have been nice to see Turner's ball go over the fence. But that's the way it goes with the game. And uh, we'll see how it goes tomorrow with Kershaw. All right. Love the cliches. Thank you, Farid. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Here's a question for you. Mookie Betts is on another one of those Mookie signature hot streaks. All of a sudden now he has 32 home runs. He's on pace for 40 home runs. Freddie Freeman is on pace to shatter the Dodgers record for the most doubles in a season. He's on pace for 54. Who would be if I, I believe Paul Goldschmidt is the leading candidate to win the national league MVP. I believe Manny Machado is right there with Goldschmidt as well. He's the only thing carrying the Padres at this point in time. If you had to nominate Freddie Freeman or Mookie Betts to be the Dodgers candidate for the MVP, which one would it be? I personally put a lot of emphasis on consistency, but Mookie Betts has been good outside of the first month and a half. He's been a really good player. He's been probably the best version of Mookie Betts that we have seen in a full regular season in a Dodger uniform. The 60-game season all the way through October, he was classic Mookie Betts, but this is the first time we have got to experience a full regular season with fans in the stadium for the whole year of Mookie Betts. I'm a little torn now. I thought Freddie Freeman was the Dodgers MVP, but I feel like when you look back and take inventory of Mookie's season, he might be the Dodgers MVP candidate. How cool would it be if, I know this won't happen, but because of Goldschmidt's season, but if it wasn't for Goldschmidt, I would say Mookie and Freddie Freeman are the co-MVPs of the National League. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Mets beat the Dodgers tonight by a final score of 2-1. to one. Brandon Nimmo, Rob Justin Turner of what would have been a game-tying home run in the seventh inning, and Starling Marte hit a two-run home run off of Tyler Anderson in the third inning tonight, and that was the difference in tonight's game. Let's go out to Redondo Beach. Steve, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vassay. Hi, Steve. Hey, what's up, Dave? Hope you're uh, healing pretty well, man. I'm feeling good, Steve. Thank you. I wanted to talk about Gavin Lux and how how like big he's come on lately and just where you think he should be in the lineup and if he's playing the role that he's obviously fulfilling or where he should like step up to. Yeah, I think he's a role player. I don't think he's the minor league player of the year hitting 30 home runs. I just don't know if that's the guy right now. Maybe he turns into that guy, but on this team with all these superstar veterans, I think it's the perfect situation for him. Okay, yeah, agreed. Um, and then Woo! I also wanted to mention uh, the Freeman and Turner hits combination. Yeah. Freddie started so to separate himself. Was, yeah, and so, like, and Turner has so many infield singles that it is it is staggering how Freddie is, is just setting that bar. Yeah, that's fair. But, hey, that's part of it, too. you got to give Trey some credit for the God-given wheels that he has, Steve. And I would say, you know, it's not like Trey Turner is doing what Brett Butler did and have 30 or 40 bunt singles or infield singles. He's getting some solid hits. And Freddie Freeman now has four more hits 
than Trey Turner. He leads Major League Baseball with 165. Trey Turner 0 for his last eight with 161 hits. Tyler Anderson tonight deserved a better fate. He pitched his butt off, and for me, certainly made the case to have a spot in the Dodgers starting rotation when October comes around. Seven innings tonight. The only mistake was a changeup with two outs to Starling Marte, and he takes the loss, only his third of the year. Tyler just spoke to the media at City Field on Sportsnet LA. Um, you know, I think I think I faced off against him a few times. I just feel like every time it's one of those things where you, you want to go out there, you go out there strikes as you want to go deep in the game because you know he's going to. Um, and you just got to try to limit mistakes because uh, he's obviously a really good, really good pitcher and a hard guy to score runs off of. So limit the mistakes as much as you can. Do you feel like you went toe-to-toe with him? Um, I think I gave up a more damage homer than he did, so uh, he, he wins that one, obviously. Did you see what happened there the, that allowed them to get that swing? Um, you know, I thought it was a pretty good pitch. I just felt like he was probably sitting on change up there, uh, but I thought, you know, it was an okay chance to throw one right there. Um, he just took a great swing at it. Right now, obviously, you guys have a lot of talented pitchers in the rotation. Is your mind going at all to kind of thinking about, you know, trying to perform for October, think about trying to kind of earn your way into to a playoff rotation or anything like that? Uh, no, I feel like, you know, right now it's just our bullpen's been kind of worn out. So today it's try to throw as many innings as you can to try to give those guys a break. Um, you know, stay, even if even if you give some runs, stay in the game as long as you can and uh, try to give those guys an extra day if we can or as many of them as we can. Um, but there's no thought about, you know, later in the season right now. All right, there's Tyler Anderson. He's a tough competitor. Trust me, he's not happy about losing any game, but he really uh, went toe-to-toe with Jacob deGrom tonight. Unfortunately for the Dodgers, deGrom and the Mets come out on top by a run as they beat the Dodgers by a final score of 2-1. to one. Now tomorrow, the rosters will expand by two, so Clayton Kershaw will start the game and come off the injured list. No corresponding move is necessary to activate Kershaw because the rosters expand to 28. So Kershaw will be activated, and also Miguel Vargas is going to be activated to take the 28th spot on the Dodgers' September roster. It used to be 40 men. Your entire 40-man roster could join you in September, but... Major League Baseball thought it would be more of an even playing field if you uh, just expanded it by two. So some of the teams with with bigger and more depth and more might would not have a significant advantage. I don't know if I buy into that, considering that's part of competition. Do better if you're another team. Do better with your drafts. Do better with your development so you could have more players at your disposal. But I also see the argument where you play with 25 or 26-man rosters all season long, and then at the most critical time of the year, you're allowing this significant advantage for certain teams. So I'm cool with 28 players. Oral Hershiser a few years ago actually gave me a great idea. He thought it would be cool to be able to call up as many players as you wanted, but only have 26 or 27 active. Similar to hockey, where you have healthy scratches. And baseball thought about it, but instead they went this route. So Kershaw activated tomorrow. Miguel Vargas is going to be called up. And this is not a courtesy call-up. Miguel Vargas is going to be on this Dodger roster next year. And he is going to have a spot in their starting lineup more days than not next year somewhere. And Miguel Vargas, when he hits the baseball, it sounds different in a good way. And the Dodgers are going to give him a long look in September and make a decision whether or not he deserves at-bats in October. 
It kind of reminds me of when the Dodgers called up Corey Seager to start September in 2015. He had a great September, and he earned himself starts in the postseason over veteran Jimmy Rollins. And Seager, even as a rookie, started Game 5, the deciding Game 5 of the NLDS against the Mets. And many people, including Don Mattingly, felt like Jimmy Rollins probably would have been the better play there because the postseason got a little fast on Seager, even though he had a great September. So we'll see whether or not the Dodgers decide to go the same route if if Vargas has a Seager type of rookie September. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. We're going to take a timeout here on Dodger Talk. When we continue, we'll check in live with Jose Moda in New York after the Dodgers fall by a run by this much. Thanks to Brandon Nimmo and Jacob deGrom, Mets beat the Dodgers 2-1 to on AM570 LA Sports. On air at AM570, online at am570lasports.com, and available by podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This is Dodger Talk with David Bassett. Next offer is swung on and drilled to left field and deep. This ball is back. It is gone. A home run for Mookie Betts, and the Dodgers are on the board. It is two to one. Mookie Betts has tied his career high in home runs with 32. A Mookie moment. 32 of them. As he ties his career high when he won the MVP in 2018, that was the only run scored against Jacob deGrom tonight in seven innings of work for the Mets' right-hander. He picks up his fourth win of the year. Tyler Anderson now 13-3 after a well-pitched game of seven innings for himself as well. Edwin Diaz and the trumpet, 29th save of the year. This is Dodger Talk. David Vassay with you until 8 o'clock tonight right here on AM570 LA Sports. We would like to congratulate Alejandro Cruz of Redlands who receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for playing the Daniels Jewelers Home Run Forecast. For your chance to win a $50 gift card, go to am570lasports.com and type in the keyword home run. It's time to go around the horn with Jose Mota. Jose Moda is live in New York and got to see a well-played game between the two best teams in the National League. Jose, let's start out with that catch by Brandon Nimmo. That changed the complexion of the entire game in the seventh inning when he robbed what would have been a game-tying home run from Justin Turner. Dave, in so many ways it did because obviously the pitches are mounting up on the Grom. Uh, the Dodgers are kind of finding their way back to making hard contact against him. That's where he was so dominant, you know, between the second and the uh, fifth inning. And then, um, you know, you consider a guy like Justin Turner had pulled the baseball the at-bat before, and Nimmo does a great job knowing exactly what the infielders are doing, at least position-wise, to know what kind of pitch might be coming. So an elevated pitch up there, and he just does an outstanding job with a jump. The finish, the energy, and I mean, all about that is pretty much like a playoff play right there by him. Jose, we always praise the Dodgers for their positioning of their outfielders and infielders. Was positioning a big reason why Nimmo was able to get to that ball? It was big, and I mentioned that because I noticed um, I paid a lot of attention to what Don Madeline was doing with the outfielders in Miami, and 
at times when there was no doubles, I mean, they meant no doubles. The guys were two steps away from the from the, the wall. Watching Buck Showalter and how detailed he is, and Brandon Nemo is a great athlete. Obviously, so is Starling Marte, but Nemo's the other, you know, patrols everything. And I, I'm noticing throughout the game, as the swings are happening, what he is doing and what the indications he's getting from the bench. Remember, they do have one of the best outfield coaches in baseball in Wayne Kirby, former Dodger prospect. Albuquerque and Duke he, legend. Yes. Oh, and my, hey, he was my roommate in San Antonio Missions. Oh, that's <laughs> deep. Double A deep. Nine, 1988. And I noticed Nimmo's positioning, and then on each swing, he's moving. And that's just a remarkable way of anticipating and knowing that it, even though it's the Grom, you know that every single play with your guy number eight on the mound, you have to bring the intensity up. And he went out there positioning-wise, jump-wise, and athleticism, and got the play made. Speaking of DeGrom, what the heck is Mookie Betts saying after the game he's the best ever that he's ever seen? I mean, stop it, Mookie. What's he? I mean, come on, Jose. That's the one of the more outrageous comments I've ever heard Marcus say. Uh, Marcus was a little bit too far. I mean, uh, DeGrom is really good. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I was talking to Rick Monday about this today. DeGrom, you know, usually the, the narrative around New York is a narrative. Well, you know, when DeGrom pitches, they don't score any runs. DeGrom in his career came into today at 80 wins, 54 losses, okay? He's got a one whip throughout his career coming into today, and he is an outstanding pitcher. But he's got to think about what Mookie Betts said. I think that's just the, you know, the, the moment got to him, Dave, so give him a little break there because what he oh, thought no today – No break. When I see him Friday, hey, I'm laying into him. Hey, Dave, what he saw today – Probably meant uh, I haven't seen this in a very long time. And, and you know what? He put a good swing on it and took him deep. He, he just, took deep. The best guy he's ever faced. He just saw Sandy Alcantara a few weeks, a few days ago. Uh, there's one A and one B, and uh, the problem is one <laughs> A plus plus. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. Jose, I got to ask you. I'm not a big fan of New York hyping up every player on the Mets, but I will say the trumpet playing of Timmy it's pretty cool. So what was it like in person as Edwin Diaz came through the bullpen gates tonight at City Field? I'll tell you what, that entire trumpet episode was promoted before we even got to the ballpark yesterday. And it was like the highly anticipated, where is he? Where is he? Where's, where's the appearance coming? And then Dave Roberts actually said, well, it'll be a good thing if we don't see and hear the trumpet. That means that we're leading the ball game. Um, but it's pretty cool because think about this. Baseball for many years, many fans were saying it's so boring. I mean, look at the NFL, look at the NBA and all the celebrations and, and the, the festivities in the ballpark and, and how, you know, arenas were filled with noise and noisemakers and all kinds of things. So it's a good thing for baseball. It is a great thing for baseball. You know what? Nobody should be offended by it. It's pretty clean. Uh, it's quite um, inventive and innovative. So I would say it's something that uh, it could have happened anywhere else. But when it happens in New York, obviously, it's much bigger. I know you're broadcasting the games, but did you allow yourself to be swept up in the emotion of City Field when Edwin Diaz came through the gates? I mean, it should have. It must have felt pretty, pretty unreal when the trumpet starts playing live with 41,799 at City Field tonight. Dave, you know very well. Eric Gagne, Trevor Hoffman, and those types of closers, everybody stops, okay, because they're coming in. Then you had the music, right? But today was like everybody stopped. They turned off the uh, display boards. They're really? in black. 
Wow. Yes, they turned them off, and I and I told Pepe, Pepe, this is like what everybody's been waiting for. Um, this has become like a, a hit. I mean, New York Times wrote a piece about it a couple of days ago, and look what's going to happen. Before you know it, here comes Edwin, and my goodness, the whole place wanted to just get down and fall right there in Flushing. So uh, it, it was a great moment, something that we anticipated. I'm like, i got to watch this. I mean, yeah. who knows when else we're going to watch this, and then we enjoyed it. You know, we didn't enjoy the loss, but – uh, it's something that uh, you got to go out there and say, one day I got to see this whole hyped-up thing that happened in New York, and we were there for it. Jose, before I let you go, the Mets beat the Dodgers tonight in a game that took two hours and 19 minutes. Again, you had two starting pitchers that each went seven innings tonight, were quick, and threw strikes. It's not that complicated, Jose, to make baseball better again. That's what happens when you have two guys that are not afraid of the zone. And listen, and two different types of guys. So let's let's talk about that. You have the guy that uh, knows that he cannot afford to make a mistake in 92 and 93. And then you have the guy that has a large margin for error throwing 100 miles an hour, 102 miles an hour. I applaud Tyler Anderson and what he did. One pitch that he wants back. But one pitch also where the Mets, because of the approach they had and their mentality of contact and putting the ball in play, Look how many of those guys choke up on the bat. Look how many of those guys go the other way. I mean, Pete Alonso says, you know, enough fastball is high in the zone. I'm going to take a change up the other way, and he did it. So I think it's, it's just an example to – it's not how hard you throw, it's where you throw the baseball. So let's command fastballs more than anything, which is what Tyler Anderson did, and complement it with your secondary pitches, your changeup, your curve, or whatever you want to throw. But, uh, Dave, I can't say it enough. I, we need to see more of this. We need to see – Less managers take somebody out after six innings because they don't want, you know, somebody to be seen a third time. Get away with that. I mean, just put it away and give a guy a chance to prove to you that he can't do it time after time because then you end up running out of the bullpen arms and we can go on and on and on about this. But there's no doubt guys can be pushed a little bit more and learn. Listen, learn how to face a lineup a third time until you're exposed to that you're not going to learn, and the game's going to continue to go the way it's going in terms of using a lot of position plays, which is uh, something that we don't want to see anymore. At least I don't. Completely agree, Jose. It's not that complicated. The rules don't need to be overhauled. You just need to get pitchers that are seasoned better and ready to pitch in the big leagues and throw strikes. You're ready. You're seasoned. We'll talk to you uh, when you get back to Dodger Stadium getaway day on this seven-game road trip. So we'll see you at Dodger Stadium on Friday. Enjoy the finale, Kershaw Day at City Field. It's going to be a fun one because a lot of Mets fans want to see which Kershaw is going to show up. And for you, Dave, I am so glad you're doing quite well, my buddy. I'll see you out at Dodger Stadium on Friday, Jose. Adios. Adios. There he goes. Jose Moda. And, yes, this game tonight, two hours and 19 minutes. The Dodgers played a game where Sandy Alcantara beat them and it was a Dustin May versus Alcantara game, and that game went less than two and a half hours. So it's not complicated. You don't have to overhaul the game. You don't have a have to have a three-batter minimum. You don't have to limit relievers in the bullpen. You just have to have starting pitchers that can throw strikes and be effective. I'm not saying every one of your five have to be that guy, but at least the first three should be. And part of the reason why games are going so long is because pitchers don't throw strikes. They're not ready for the big leagues. And they're throwers, not pitchers. Throw strikes. And the games will go by a lot quicker 
like they did tonight. Two hours and 19 minutes that saw the Mets beat the Dodgers 2-1. to one. Now tomorrow, Kershaw Day at City Field. Clayton Kershaw will be making his first start since going on the injured list for a second time this year with a lower back flare-up. Kershaw this year is 7-3 with an ERA of 264. He's going up against Chris Bassett of the Mets, who is 11-7 with an ERA of 334. Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck begins at noon. Oral Hershiser will join us at 1245. And first pitch at City Field between the Dodgers and Mets will be at 110. Thanks to Colin Yee here at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Dwayne McDonald out at New York. And thanks to you for listening. In case you missed any of the show, you could podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. That's where you can find all of our Dodgers interviews. Spoke to Todd Zeal before today's game. Talked to Andre Ethier a couple of days ago. And tomorrow, like I mentioned, Oral Hershiser will be on the show as well. So the iHeartRadio app, download, subscribe, Dodger Talk. Uh, that's where you can find it. Once again, the final score tonight at City Field, the Mets edge out the Dodgers 2-1. to one. Have a great rest of your night. See ya! From the side.